0: Give me a fucking check. Check that fucking check. Motherfucker. That's no fucking check. Check, 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 check. All right, boys and girls, welcome once again to Grease the Goddamn Wheels. This is your uncle goddamn Jimmy kicking out the jams behind the microphone here at the Rock and Roll Garage, bringing you Grease the Wheels, the automotive technician podcast for all you greasy mofos out there. Yeah, monkey. Hey, I just want to say real quick before we get started here, thank you for what you do. I appreciate it. I know nobody else does. I really do. I appreciate it. Uh, there are people out there who are getting on with their lives and things are moving. Things are getting done because of what you do. They don't realize it. It doesn't occur to them that they need to have you around. But uh I do, I know. And so here it comes again. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, bitches. I'll get back to work. <laughs> hey uh last week I brought you probably the most boring podcast ever, and uh, after coming back from hiatus, I feel disappointed with myself for boring the fucking shit out of you, and I apologize, but uh, you know what? I thought I had a pretty good message, and you know what? It didn't really seem to get across, at least as far as I was concerned. Uh, I had a lot more things that I wanted to say about it. I thought to myself... Uh, and, and I just want to expand on it a little bit here before I get really started into what I want to do this week. But when we encourage or we expect or we would like to have people who are in charge of what goes on in our shops, whether they're shop owners or service managers or fixed ops managers, oh, when we when we say we want them to be forward-thinking and, and think about things from our point of view, uh, that I think should be or at least could be a, a very good thing. You know, they start to think like a technician, maybe not all the time. Uh, hopefully not all Hopefully not all the fucking time, because uh, some of us are pretty obscene. I know myself, uh, personally I am. But uh, what I'm talking about is trying to get inside your head to kind of figure out how to take care of you and keep you happy and employed at their particular shop. I think that it's kind of important for management, at least somebody who uh, wears a suit and tie, or at least could, Uh, to have like a relationship with their employees and perhaps uh, maybe fake some sincerity and seem like they care and maybe show some appreciation and actually figure out a way to kind of keep us employed with them, keep us happy, or at least somewhat uh, uh, not not exactly maybe happy, but at least uh, amused, so to speak, to be there. And, and be working for them. But you know what? And I thought of a lot of different things, you know, like, uh, and I, I gave you some of them last week. Some of them like, uh, you know, uh, flexible shifts and, uh, you know, different types of, uh, incentives for doing certain types of things. Maybe, uh, you know, working a little extra, maybe at the end of the year, giving everybody a, a dollar for every waiter that they did. These are always a pain in the ass. Uh, maybe, uh, coming up with some sort of plan to, uh, provide people with extra incentives to do extra work and then extracurricular work and for training. And actually, some of these things are going on in the shop I'm at. And I I got to be honest with you. I got to tell you right now that it's made a p- pretty big difference in the lives of some of the technicians I work with. Now, I've always strived myself personally. I mean, it's not just lip service, folks. Uh, I have always strived to educate myself as much as possible in the field and that and to which I endeavor and I, I would try to get better at what I do. I've gone to classes, uh, I've gone to training, I've done everything I had to do. And really for quite a while where I was working or I say was uh, where I am working, who knows someday it will be was I'm sure maybe sooner than I think probably. But one of the things that I was doing was uh, I was trying to get myself up to a specific training level and was motivated strictly and entirely 100% all by myself and really, honestly, nobody else. So, uh, and and what ended up happening was that I was a, a fairly well-trained guy. I was a master technician in my field and I had done everything I needed to do to, to obtain that particular level. The other technicians I work with didn't seem to give a rat's ass if they ever reached any other level. Uh, There's There was a couple of different levels that the brand manufacturer that I work for has four technicians. And the guys I work with didn't give a rip if they had them. And then they started saying, well, you got to have this and you got to have that and you got to have this. And they're like, eh, you know what? No, I don't. Fuck you. And then then someone with a a little bit, with a modicum of intelligence came in, took a look at the situation and said, oh, okay, well, what we're going to do is offer raises and a pay scale that is uh, based on how well you're trained and what level you're trained to and how much training you get. And suddenly, okay, and that's why your Uncle Jimmy got a fairly big raise because he was ahead of the curve. I'd done all that shit, you know. I had motivated myself to do it, and it paid off. It paid off for me. I had enjoyed a a fairly uh, whopper of a raise, uh, at the early part of this particular year, and uh, it's made it's made quite a difference in my attitude, and in my lifestyle, and in the way I uh, the way I, I look at things now, because I feel like I'm much more fairly compensated, and actually I'm not going to be complaining about it, uh, not for a while anyway. Uh, and, and a lot of the other individuals that I work for have uh, received uh, fairly healthy raises and in increments based on how much training they have gotten. And they are chomping at the bit to get more and more and more training. And and this has also squelched some of the talk about leaving. Uh, I think at one point in time, we were all kind of commiserating about where we're going to work next and what we're going to do next, because some of us were just going to be like, yeah, fuck working on cars, that shit sucks. And this has really kind of made a big turnaround. And I don't know, I don't think management is aware how successful this plan was for them. Uh, And and if they are, they haven't really said anything about it and they haven't really offered up anything additional to that, which is fine Uh, for me, at least personally, it was uh, outrageously generous and uh, I've actually been uh, working hard lately and, and all the the rest of this year up back up until February, when I got back from being out sick, I've been trying to live up to the, uh, live up to the expectations that my wage is kind of set for me. So, uh, and I, I feel like I've, I've done that. I've done that. Uh, I haven't had really any kind of, uh, major league boneheaded things that have happened to me. Uh, you're going to get some every once in a while, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of bristle, when I get a comeback and then I see that it's it's something that I tried to warn them was going to happen. So I don't know as if that really counts. It might count in their book. doesn't count in my book. You know, if I make, and you guys do this too. If you make one repair and you're like, well, if this repair doesn't work, then we're going to have to do X, you know. And then they come back and go, well, that repair didn't work. And go, just like I said, it probably wouldn't. But you wanted to take that route. And so there we are. We, that's where we went. Okay. But what I want to warn you about, Okay. Uh, because for every manager out there who is a forward-thinking individual, who is thinking about you and, and how to keep you happy and keep you there and keep you turning hours for them, there are others that are forward-thinking in a dastardly and evil way. Imagine for a second that you had an angel on one shoulder and Satan on the other, and that the the Satan on your shoulder is telling you, yeah, fuck them. You don't have to pay them. Just tell them to go fuck themselves. Just tell them, fix the cars. Fuck you, you know. And uh, this is the kind of thing that we have to guard against, okay, too, because uh, as this whole situation with technicians gets worse and worse and worse, it's not getting better, folks. I, uh, I'm i here to tell you. And And the fact that it's not getting better is really, honestly, I mean, it sounds evil to say this. But it's good for us because the laws of supply and demand have actually caught up with the dumb motherfuckers who are running the shops, who are managing the shops, and don't have any fucking technicians. They don't have anybody who's any good to do the fucking job. And they're they're hiring, you know, scabs and, you know, whatever you want to call them, uh, you know, entry level people and uh, new hires and whatever you want to call them. And uh, they're not really enjoying a lot of success with these people. OK, and they could be they could be boys. They could be girls. They could be men. They could be women. They could be any race they want. It doesn't really matter if they know what they're up to or 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 they're willing to learn and and do the things that we ask them or tell them to, they can certainly uh, work in our shops alongside of us and earn a reputation and earn a place in that shop and make more and more money as things go on. But what's working against them is that that management doesn't want to pay. They still, some of them still don't want to pay and they're trying to figure out, some of them anyway, are trying to figure out ways to fuck us over some more. And these are the people I'd like to take out back and just beat to death, really. Uh, because this is not how it's going to work. This is not how you're not going to fix anything this way, okay? You might take advantage of me. You might take me for granted. You might even use me, abuse me, but guess what's going to happen eventually? And with some of us, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And for some of us, it'll happen a, a little bit later. And for some of us, uh, maybe, you know, we're thick, might not happen at all. You know, there might be other factors involved that keep us working somewhere where we don't want to or where we're not appreciated or where we're not well compensated that's always going to be a problem you know Uh, sometimes I believe employers feel like they have you right by the balls and I apologize if you don't actually have any but they still feel like they got you by something because maybe you have family in the area, or maybe you have a spouse, or a girlfriend, or a boyfriend, or which, which whatever you prefer to have, and they live in the area, and they work in that particular area, and you so you're not really likely to move, okay? Now, the worst case scenario, and I'll tell you this, this is God's honest truth, ladies and gentlemen, the absolute worst case scenario for an employer is a motherfucker just like your Uncle Jimmy. I have no fucking roots really anywhere in the world. I'm from New York, and I'd like to end up back there someday, but you know what? I could take off the day after tomorrow, fly out to fucking Australia or Japan or even Russia or anywhere where they sell cars or have them, and they're fucking broken, and I could roll into a shop and fix them and get hired to fix them anywhere on the motherfucking planet. And I don't have a wife, I don't have kids, I don't have a dog, I don't have shit. I could fucking up and leave. I'm like a fucking automotive mash unit. I could I'm mobile as shit, as Pete Townsend would say. I'm going mobile, bitches. Okay. And that's the worst thing. That is the worst thing for a service manager or a shop owner or or even a fixed ops manager or a general manager is to have somebody who could just fucking leave at like a moment's notice. It's like a, you know, I I was born a rambling man. I'm just going to ramble from one dealer to the other. And I know some of you fucking guys do that. And some of you had the opportunity to do that because, you know, if you're working at like a Ford dealer, fuck, there's like fucking 30,000 of them in the United States. You could work at one that's a mile down the road and say, you know, fuck you roll your box out of there on a, on a Friday and then on a monday you could roll your box into a ford dealer that's only six six eight ten miles away not that much farther away and maybe they're going to pay you more maybe they're going to treat you better maybe that would be great you know maybe you're going to find somebody who will take care of you okay but you know what if uh if they can take advantage of you and your situation with your spouse with your kids maybe your parents maybe there's some reason why you're tied to a specific area they're going to try to take advantage of it. and unfortunately that's how some of these people some of the managers some of the shop owners that's how they are forward thinking they're trying to figure out how little can i pay this guy and have him stay working here when i know that his wife is pregnant with her third child and they they want to grow up around here because they have the grandparents nearby and you know they they're from here and they're not going anywhere and not going anywhere. The worst thing for the worst thing for a service manager or shop owner is a technician who can pick up and leave at a moment's notice. That's the worst thing for them because if if the work is you know if the work is not good if there's not enough of it if it's not good enough if they can't earn enough money from doing it then pfft, see you later Oh, feeder zane motherfucker really you'd be out the door. You're you're gonna you're gonna be out the door, you're gonna wanna be out the door, you're gonna be capable of going out the door with a fucking smile on your face. And that's the that's the difference between really myself and a lot of you is that a lot of you have a lot of things you would have to consider before you could do a rage quit. Me, I don't got that at all. I could rage quit tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. It wouldn't wouldn't matter to me. And I really wouldn't rage quit. I would just go in and say, hey, you know what? I've had enough of this shit. Goodbye. Goodbye. And then we'd be like, what about a two weeks notice? Like, well, you're not gonna give me two weeks notice if you're going to fire me. So why would I give you two weeks notice that I'm going to quit? I really don't see the point in it. And and really, I think that's an antiquated uh, sort of a business, uh, you know, modus of operandi. It's like, oh, you're going to give us two weeks. You're going to help train the guy who's going to take you. It's like, no, no, I'm fucking not. (laughs) Uh, So I want you to be aware of that. And (laughs) I'm sorry. I just saw something really funny. Um, I want you to be aware that some of your managers and your shop owners are not going to see you as a valuable commodity, which they fucking should. And it would be a mistake if they don't. And they're not going to try to take care of you. And and as a matter of fact, they may try to take advantage of you. And in some cases, they may already be taking advantage of you, which is a horrible thing that I don't even want to think about. I'm not really going to personally let anybody take advantage of me. Uh, I am available to do the work that I'm supposed to do. I fix cars. I have people that work in the building that I work in who are constantly making attempts to get me to do part of their job for them. And I'm a fucking uh, I'm a fucking steadfast no on that shit. It's like, look, that's your job. This is my job. The job that and, and folks, if you're out there twisting wrenches. God bless you. If you're out there twisting wrenches, screwdrivers and fixing cars and making them go, and even if you're making whatever else goes, uh, you know, no matter what it is you do, that in of itself is what you do. All the other shit that goes along with it does not earn anybody, especially you, any fucking money. It doesn't earn you anything. It costs you time and energy, which, oh, by the way, is costing you money. So if you have somebody... In your building, who keeps you know imposing upon you to do tasks that they should be doing? You need to fucking tell them to knock that fucking shit off. Unless, of course, they come up, they're going to come up with some kind of way to pay you to do their tasks for you which they're not going to do. They're just going to want you to do this, that, and the other thing, which is not part of your fucking job. So you want to look out for that too. You can be taken advantage of not only by ownership or management, but by other motherfuckers in your building who haven't got a fucking clue as to how to do what they do. Or maybe they just don't want to do what they are supposed to do you know and it, and they would find their life a lot easier if you would just do certain things for them and that's not going to happen not in my case anyway and if you find yourself doing that okay i want you to just kind of get yourself and i mean this is a an experiment you could certainly try and i don't know how well it would work for you uh i mean it's just a, it's just a uh, suggestion it's just maybe a, a thought really but go out and get yourself a uh stopwatch and click it on every time somebody is wasting your fucking time. And then when they stop wasting your time, click it off. Okay, that's how stopwatches work. And at the end of the day, you click it on, like if somebody comes over to talk to you and you spend five minutes talking to them, click it on. And then when they're done talking to you and they walk away, click it back off again. And then if they come, you know, somebody else comes over to talk to you and to break your chops or, or maybe fuck around or, or you know, show you a meme or something, click it back on again. And then when you get to the end of the day, I want you to take a look at the stopwatch and see how much time... All these people, and, and you know that and I'm I want to be fair here, okay, because these are people you work with, you like them, and, and they're trying to, you know, maybe have a little entertainment in their work day, and it's there's nothing really wrong with that. But if there's a lot of that shit going on and there's a lot of other extracurricular shit going on that you don't get paid for, you gotta try to kind of keep that shit to a minimum. And if you have a stopwatch and you get to the end of the day and you see that you've wasted an hour and a half or even two hours fucking around talking or taking a shit or helping somebody do something that doesn't pay you or doing some task for somebody who doesn't wanna do it and it doesn't pay you at all to do it. Or maybe you're you're doing stuff that you do on the cars or whatever it is you're working on. You do that shit for free. You could certainly click your stopwatch on and then just go up to your boss at the end of the day and say, listen, I took a stopwatch and I clicked on all the shit that I do for you that I don't get paid for. It's two hours here. And okay, I'm only here for eight. So I'm getting paid for six hours. So here's what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I'm gonna tell everybody who's gonna ask me anything, ask me to do anything I don't get paid for. And I'm gonna tell them to fuck off. And then after six hours, I'm gonna go home early. You know why? Because I don't wanna come here and waste two hours of my fucking life doing dick. I wanna come here, I wanna work, I wanna get paid for working. And then when it's over and it's not happening anymore, I want to go fucking home. And if I'm gonna work and make money, working for six hours and i'm gonna spend two hours jacking off i'll go home and jack off i don't need to fuck around and do sh- nothing at work i can fuck around and do nothing at home it's a lot easier and i don't have to deal with fucking traffic so don't let people i'm sorry i had to say that twice just because my brain is stuck it's tuesday so uh, obviously my brain has gotten through monday And barely survive that shit. But uh, really don't let people waste your time. Don't let them abuse your time. Don't let them take advantage of you. Okay. And that includes people who think, who think that they're smarter than you and that they're, that they're outsmarting you by getting you to do things for free or getting you to do things for them that they should fucking be doing. I was talking to Eric the other night, I think actually it was last night and he's doing pretty good. And uh, I wanted to just say, thank you to all you out there who included him and his wife and his father-in-law in in your prayers and in your thoughts uh, seems to have worked. And I appreciate that very well. Uh, They're all on the mend. They're all getting better and uh, everything looks good. Nobody died. And so we're very happy about that. Eric's got a, a, a collarbone. Eric, the producer, has a collarbone. that looks like a broken fucking tire right end, and apparently they're not going to fix it. Uh, apparently, doesn't need it to to be able to steer <laughs> steer anything down the road or anything like that. So, uh, but he's been able to to uh, edit the podcast in the manner in which he has in the past, which is good. But uh, he and I were uh, kind of commiserating about last week's podcast and how. Actually, deadly dull, boring. It fucking was, and I apologize again. But uh, uh, we decided that we were going to do something absolutely, completely fucking stupid this week, and see how that goes. Because you know, sometimes you just got to be a fucking idiot. And uh, so, what I did was I found an, uh, a, a little article here, and it's, <laughs> and of course, you know how you know how it happens. I I, I kind of need some input from somebody else, and then I go off on it. And uh, I don't know if it's a formula that works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, sorry. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. This is kind of tough to come up with content every week, so. But this article is 20 signs your mechanic is an idiot, okay? And these are just, there's just, and I was really happy that it was a nice round number, I will tell you, but uh, some of these things are really kind of stupid. And I'm going to go over them just to, just real quick and then uh, add some uh, Uncle Jimmy takes to it. And maybe if you've got some of your own... Uh, your own thoughts on this, you could certainly hit up the Facebook page. We have a Grease the Wheels Facebook page and it seems to be full of garbage lately. And so I'd like to have some of your input on it because that's not garbage. Uh, I don't consider that garbage at all, but some of, the, some of the stuff that gets deposited there is. So if you could help me uh, with <laughs> posting something good to my Facebook page for Grease the Wheels that I could read and enjoy and like, and you know, we can comment on that, okay? All right, here we go. Here we go. Here's the first one here. Uh, 20, 20, 20 signs that your mechanic is an idiot. Your friends have had bad experiences at the shop. Okay, so this may seem like a no-brainer. Okay, but in all seriousness, when you need to choose a shop for work on your car, ask your friends. Let their experiences help you find a good quality place and a good price. Yeah, so it, it doesn't. this isn't really a way to tell if your mechanic is an idiot, but if you've got friends who've gone to a shop and they have idiots there, And they fucked their car up, you definitely wanna know about it. And be like, hey, I was gonna take my take my car to A B C shop to get it worked on. I said, Oh yeah, don't go there. I went there for an oil change last week and they changed they drained the fluid in the transmission and double filled the engine and well, what happened? Well, as you can see, you're giving me a fucking ride because my car doesn't work so there's that that's really what i believe that's really what they're talking about when it says your friends have had a bad experience at a shop it doesn't make a mechanic an idiot make maybe one mechanic an idiot or maybe there was something else that caused a bad experience who even knows i've been to places where they have service advisors who absolutely should not be service advisors they should be guards at auschwitz or something they're that fucking mean and nasty you know uh the next one is uh, the shop requires you to pay before the work is done yeah that's that doesn't happen anywhere if if you go to a shop and they tell you, oh, you know, you're going to have to, I mean, unless, I mean, there is a, there's a few instances where I might suggest a deposit because if you had some car and for some reason, and, and you, you and I know, okay, we've been there, we've seen people who've owned cars and for some reason they just fucking love that car. And it's an enormous pile of shit. And they want you to work on it and fix it for them. And you're like, yeah, um, I'm not going to get stuck with the bill for a shitload of parts for this car. And then when it comes time to pick it up, you're going to call up and say, oh, I don't want that car anymore. They might require you to leave a, a deposit Okay, and that would only be fair. I mean, you know, if you and this happened to us actually, uh, where I'm working, we had a gentleman rolled in with a car that that my brand built about 20 years ago that is so completely and totally undesirable that when we see him, we just it, it really honestly it causes us to have grandma's seizures. And and epileptic like fits and and it really it's bad it's bad if we see them we're just like oh my god and people throw up in their mouth and stuff like that and this one gentleman brought one in and he wanted us to do like literally twenty thousand dollars worth of work to the car and we're like yeah stand by for a second hoss we're gonna need some we're gonna need some money down before we start working on the car because we're pretty sure that once we're done you're gonna balk at paying uh 20 grand to get this car fixed and running right and uh but no it worked out all right but we did actually charge the gentleman a deposit and I would say honestly that's not a bad idea at all you know if somebody wants you to fix up some fucking pile of shit get some fucking money from them first just to kind of prove that they're serious uh, that, you know but otherwise other than that though really you are not going to pay a shop before the work is done you're just not going to do that uh, and if somebody asks you to do that Or if you as a mechanic or you as a shop owner ask somebody to do that, expect to get the big F you, okay? Middle finger extended, fuck you, fuck off, fuck this, fuck all of it, give me my fucking car back and kiss my fucking ass, that kind of deal, okay? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to pay before the work is done. It's like paying a hooker before she blows you. That's just a bad, 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 bad idea. It's also a really bad analogy. Sorry about that. Uh, let's move on here. Let's try not to be so obscene. Can we please? Let's uh, tone it down a little bit here. The mechanic is not certified by any national association. Well, now, uh, you know how I feel about national associations because there's only one. There's only one. It's ASC. And, you know, uh, they do what they do. That's That's it. And I was talking to somebody about it the other day. And just by chance, there was somebody else there uh, that was not a mechanic. And so I said to them, and, and I said, have you ever heard of ASC? He goes, oh, is that the uh, the, the auto mechanics thing? I go, yeah. He goes, "What do you what do you think when you hear that somebody's ASC certified? He goes, oh, I think that they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. When it comes to cars, and I go, uh, it might not necessarily be generally true. And they didn't know that it stood for Automotive Society of Engineers or any shit like that. And they didn't know how you got ASC certified. They didn't, they weren't aware that it's a test, you know, and they weren't aware that really a test is not going to make you a, a master technician. Of course, if you pass one through eight, you are an ASC master tech right? Which I think a lot of us are. Uh, some of us are anyway. I know I am, but I don't really put a, a, a lot of stock into it. But on the other side of the coin, to be fair to the ASC people, there's nothing else out there to kind of hold us up and uh, provide a benchmark for how good or how bad a technician is. So uh, it serves a purpose. I'm not sure it's the best way to serve the purpose, but it's been out there for a while now. It's been since, what, 1972? So it's uh fifty one years old uh as as an entity as something that goes on, and you know what they charge a fucking shitload of money It's like what the fuck how how come they don't have any competition? How come they don't have any competition? Why hasn't somebody come up with a better way of doing this? I think that somebody probably could, and uh they might make they might make a, a ass ton of money doing it so that so that's that uh mechanic is not certified for a long time. a lot of the mechanics I work with were not certified by ASC. We were not ASC tested. We were not required to be ASC tested. We were not required to be certified by ASC whatsoever. And we didn't, so we didn't give a fuck about it, but then suddenly the brand that we work for said, Oh, you know what? We're going to partner up with them. And we want you to go get the ASC test done. And we want you to do a one through a eight. And I'm like, ah, all right, whatever, you know? And, and for myself personally, I didn't know how, how tough they were going to be. Uh, I took uh, all eight of them and passed them all the first time, Uh, and I thought, honestly, because I've been fucking around with cars for nearly my entire life, she asked my my family, and so I didn't really think that these tests were that tough, and I did do some studying for them, so it wasn't like I rolled in and had no idea what they were about, but uh, I felt that they were easy, and then also inserted my foot directly into my mouth uh by saying that at times because I'll be standing next to some of the people I work with and I greatly admire a lot of the people I work with but some of them have actually failed ASC tests and so when I say oh I thought they were easy they go yeah well I failed this one or I failed that one I I feel like a schmuck I feel like an asshole because I'm in, I'm kind of uh I'm I'm kind of implying that they're not that smart and that is absolutely not what I'm trying to imply it's not what I'm trying to say okay uh, but not being certified i'm not sure that that's a that that's a big red flag or a you know a warning sign. I think a lot of mechanics bulk mightily they they chafe mightily at taking tests it 's not how they learn things it 's not how they they show you that they know things it's they're not good at that at all, and it gives them an enormous amount of anxiety and 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 i can't even i can't even imagine that really because almost really literally nothing in my life gives me that much anxiety. You know it shows up as a package. And the fucking Amazon guy wants me to sign for it. And I tell him, leave it in front of my neighbor's door. I don't need anxiety. I've got, you know, I've got enough of my own. And it's a small amount. And it's a small amount because I don't really, you know, have a lot of things going on. So I keep it basic. I'm a real basic bitch. <laughs> uh, so not being certified, yeah, doesn't make you an idiot. Uh, and it also doesn't, uh, being certified itself doesn't mean you're not an idiot. Okay. So really kind of got to uh, disassociate with that particular thing thinking at all. The next one is the the parking lot is full of cars that don't appear capable of movement. Well, uh, I don't see how that could make a mechanic an idiot. Uh, if you, however, believe that all those cars don't work and are not capable of movement because a mechanic worked on them, that's one thing. But a lot of times our parking lot is full of all kinds of dead and fucking broken cars and tow trucks and flatbeds are showing up Every motherfucking day to drop off more. We really, we get a lot of broken shit at our place. And guess what? That's a good thing. You know why? Because we fucking fix it. Boys and girls, we're the motherfuckers who make it go again. The parking lot is full of cars that don't appear capable of moving or running or driving or shit's fucked up on them. Guess what? They're in the right fucking place, man. The boys and I that I work with, man, we will fucking fix the fucking shit out of everything, man. We don't even give a fuck what it is. We really don't. Honestly, I mean, I there's some qualified motherfuckers where I work, and and I I said this to one of the other technicians the other day. He, I said, listen, there ain't nothing that the that the general public can fucking bring us that we can't fix, and I mean that. and I mean all of us because we're we're a pretty good, we're pretty. We're kind of a tight knit group, you know, not real super tight knit. And we have some new people who haven't found their place with us yet, but you know what? God damn it. We can fucking fix shit. And I'll bet you it's the same way in your shop. You know, you might have three technicians, five technicians, 10, 20, 30, anywhere up to even a hundred technicians. And you know what? There's a group of you who could fucking literally fix anything seriously. So if the parking lot's full of cars that don't run, just fucking wait a couple of days wait for the customer to approve the repairs, wait for the parts to fucking show up. And guess what? They're going to be moving again. That's what we do. So calling a mechanic an idiot because you got a parking lot full of shit. That doesn't move. That's idiotic. Next one is uh, the mechanic attempts diagnosis based on your broad description. Well, now we've all had that. Haven't we? We've all had the phone call. Well, my car is doing this. What do you think it is? Well, let me get my fucking crystal ball out. You idiot. You know, it, it, it's the most ridiculous thing. You can't, you, I mean, within reason, you cannot diagnose a car over the phone. You can't. And as soon as you start trying to, you were fucking fulfilling a prophecy that should not be fulfilled. You were making people think, wow, I can call a mechanic and he'll tell me what to do. You got to stop fucking doing it. If you're doing that, if you let people call you and even friends or family, if they call you up and say, oh, my car's doing this, well, what should I do? I go, you should fucking take it to a shop, asshole, and hang up on them. And hopefully it's not your fucking shop. Because that's one of the things that happens, uh, especially with friends and family. And I want to say so-called friends, okay? Because sometimes you'll have friends who are only friends with you because you can fix their fucking shit. Let that one sink in for a minute. That's That has happened to me. I have had friends... Who were just using me. And when I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not fixing shit anymore. They didn't want to hang around anymore. They didn't want to hang around anymore. I mean, I don't have a lot of those friends and, and, you know, I could still be friendly with them, but it's like, they're, they're not going to include me. They're not going to phone me up and say, Hey, how about, you know, you want to, you know, they're not going to phone me up and say, Hey, you want to come over for pizza and beer? And I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. He goes, Hey, on the way over, why don't you grab some pizza and beer? You know, it's like, it's like like that kind of deal. You know, it's like, who needs those kind of friends? Fuck you. Family's another one. These people typically, and, and you'll you'll find it in your own family. I mean, if you have more than a couple of, maybe you have a brother, two brothers, or maybe you have sisters, uh, and sisters, I, I would honestly think that sisters could possibly be worse uh, because what I have found is that brothers think they know everything that you know for some reason or another. And sisters are like, "Wow, he knows this and believe me, I don't know that." So I, you know, it could be it could be that your sister's going to lean on you and needs to because a lot of women and a lot of ladies, a lot of girls out there believe that mechanics are there to rip them off. And if you're related to them, yeah, you could still rip them off a little bit, you know. <laughs> but no, seriously, they 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 want to trust you. They want to trust somebody. And uh, if you're related to them, maybe they feel like they can trust you. And it's, and it's something that, and and I, I, I've been trying to gauge myself personally, how much of a problem that is. And I, I don't have any idea. I don't have any, there's no empirical data that I have found that says that, you know, 98% of women think that if they go to a repair shop, they're going to get bent over and fucked in the ass. And it's like, what? what really where how are you getting these figures you know i go but i'm sure that there's somebody out there who has been who has tried anyway collect data on this sort of thing i suppose you could you know uh go somewhere where there's a lot of women and ask them uh maybe i don't know you know a mall or something i don't know if they're even if you even have any of those in your town anymore i know a lot of them are closed up where i live but you could go somewhere and who knows you you know i mean if you're in the in the market you might be able you might even meet meet a woman that might be cool and you know you talk to her and next thing you know you hit it off and you know that sort of thing could happen but i would i would really like to see some data and some analysis of what women think of mechanics and i'm pretty fucking sure without even looking at it or finding it that it's gonna show that we're a bunch of fucking scumbags and uh really honestly how far from the truth is that i don't know i don't like to think of myself as a scumbag but it's possible i am who knows i'm not the one making that making that call you know but uh, i always do try to treat everybody the same regardless of their race their sex or their uh, religion uh and, and i feel like i'm doing it actually i'm actually doing a pretty good job of that because quite frankly when it comes right down to it at the end of the day i just don't give a fuck you know, I mean I don't have enough time to hate a whole group of people, depending on what they believe in or what color their skin is or whether or not they have, you know, junk on the inside or junk on the outside. I, I don't it doesn't matter to me at all. People are people. You want to start sorting them out, that's your prerogative. I'm not gonna do that, okay? Where do you go from there, Uncle Jimmy? I don't even know where you go from there. Where was I here? Parking lot's full of cars that don't appear to move. Uh you know, and and, and that's I mean if you have a parking lot full of cars that, that aren't they don't appear to be capable of movement or or they don't run, or they don't go, well, then you get your toolbox unlocked and get the fuck out there and get that shit fixed. Okay, oh, no, we, I'm sorry, we're past that, Eric. I apologize here. The mechanic attempts to diagnose based on your broad description. Listen, um, yeah, like I was saying, uh, if people call you up on the phone or hit you up on the internet or instant message you or text you, hey, this, the car's doing this, what could it be? You know, you really have to fucking, you almost, I, I I think that maybe what we have to do, and, and this is just an idea, uh, and it just came to me too. Maybe we have to adopt a specific, as, as a whole, as a, as a group of people, as technicians, auto mechanics, technicians, people who fix things. We have to adopt a very specific point of view that gets the fucking point across. When somebody calls up, oh, I, my car's doing this. What do you think it is? And you type back, how the fuck would I know? You know, I can't, you can't diagnose shit over the phone. You know, somebody says, oh, my wheel fell off. What do you think is wrong? I think what's wrong is that your fucking wheel fell off. Go find it. Get some lug nuts and bolt it back on. Thanks for calling. Click. Yeah, don't entertain those types of calls. Don't entertain those types of calls at all because here's the deal for me anyway, and I think it's the same for you. We all have a phone on us now. So anybody in the world, and I really literally mean anybody in the world, all 7 billion plus people on this fucking rock can call you don't fucking let them don't let them hang up on them or don't answer at all they're either going to ask you to fix something and tell them what's wrong over the phone or they're going to try to sell you a warranty (laughs) uh the next one is the shop has a lot of bad reviews online well yeah you know bad reviews uh honestly there's nothing you can do about that you get you 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 fuck up a car you fucking treat people like shit They're going to leave your reviews. They're going to be bad. Other people are going to look at that and say, I'm not taking my shit there. You deserve that. You've earned that. And maybe, maybe, just maybe you have 500 great reviews, but you have one bad one. Guess which one most people will read? The bad one. They do that. Uh, Eric was uh, informing me the other day, the best reviews to read are ones that give a place like two or three or four stars not one star or not five stars but the ones in the middle where they they liked the overall experience but there was kind of a problem and you know what here's another thing too with reviews reviews are an opportunity to solve a fucking problem okay you get a bad review something went wrong cuz honestly if you're running a shop if you're a shop owner or a manager, you get a bad review, you could go one of two ways. You can either say, Ah, yeah, fuck that motherfucker in his bad review. Or you could be like, Okay, what did we do wrong? And somebody who's forward thinking, as we were talking about earlier, somebody who's forward thinking will see it as an opportunity to fix a fucking problem. I gotta tell you, and you know, there's a lot of my own personal experience that comes out of this podcast, but we had a service advisor. And we kind of like this person, but they were just awful at their job. Awful. They were just terrible at it. And I mean, this person should not be in customer service at all. Mean, ornery, sarcastic, basically evil, really. I mean, you know, there was a hint of evil there. And people would leave us reviews ripping this person to absolute fucking shreds in the most obscene manner possible. It was awful. And I experienced some of these personally. I'd be up front, you know, talking to one of the service advisors and this other service advisor would be talking to a customer. And I would be, I just want to jump in and say, excuse me, sir, I apologize for this person's demeanor. For the way they're talking to you, and the absolute one hundred percent complete lack of respect and and I want you to know it doesn't reflect anybody else's opinion here. it doesn't reflect anything that we have going on here. This person is just mentally defective, I think it was terrible it was terrible and and the 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 part that really sucked was that we held on to this person as an employee for a very 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 long time way. Way fucking longer than we should have. So, um, if you have bad reviews and you're a shop manager, shop owner, get in there and figure out why the fuck you have bad reviews. Don't just slough them off as ah, oh, that guy's an asshole. Oh, that guy's pissed off because of this, or this guy's pissed off because I wouldn't give him that. You got it. You gotta use that. At you got it. I've said it before. All criticism is constructive if you have the right frame of mind. So learn from it and and fix it. And I'll tell you something. One of the things that we did where I work. Um, We were cruising at at, uh, at one of our favorite reviews, one of our favorite places to get reviews at the place I work is, is on Google google reviews i think a lot of places like like to use google reviews because they're easy for people to leave and and they tally them up and then they give you a score and and it's a one through five and i'm not a real big fan of the whole one through five thing because if you don't get a five you're you're a failure but uh we were running for a while at like a 4.6 4.7 sometimes we would hit 4.8 and then we made some serious fucking changes. The the company I work for brought in some management that kind of had it together in a little bit different manner than the management before it. I don't want to say bad things about either one of them, but there was a definite kind of a changing of the guard and there was more of an emphasis on the service end of it where I'm at. And our goal, we're, we're at a 4.9 now. Okay. We have people in place who are doing a job. They're attempting to do the job correctly as much as possible. And we're really doing a good job and it shows. And that's what will help get you customers in the door. And as a matter of fact, we're really kind of pretty well booked up. And so if you are in a shop that has maybe a a 4.1 or a 4.2 Google review, you got you got work to do and they will show you what's wrong. And all you got to do is fix it if you're smart enough, okay. If you're forward thinking enough, okay. Because people will look at bad reviews, and they will stay away from your fucking place, so, And that doesn't. And, and and this is what's weird is is this is supposed to be an article about twenty signs your mechanic is an idiot, but that has nothing to do with the mechanics being idiots because typically mechanics don't deal with the customers, at least not in my fucking place. Hopefully not in yours. You should have some customer service experts or at least people who are good at it, in place to do that shit, okay? Uh, here's the next one. The mechanic does not appear to have specific knowledge of your make and model. Well, if you work in an independent shop, guess what? That's true every motherfucking day. And that's why I always tell you guys, if you're working in an independent shop, you got to be one sharp cookie or else you're out on your ass because they're going to bring you shit you've never fucking seen before. They're going to bring you cars that have all kinds of crazy cattywop of shit in them and you're gonna have to fucking figure out why it doesn't fucking work and okay here's here's the kicker here's the icing on the cake for you boys and girls if you work for somebody who's really out there trying to do as much work as they possibly can and make as much money as they possibly can and somebody calls that person up maybe it's the owner of the shop or maybe it's just somebody who's running it for them and they want to look good and somebody calls up and says oh i have some just pick anything outrageous It doesn't even matter what it is. It could be a fucking airplane that they pulled up off the ocean floor, or it could be a a fucking tank that they pulled out of a mud bog in some place where they had a battle like fucking 75, 80 years ago. And they want to bring it to your shop so you can get it running for them. And these people, if they're ambitious enough, they'll fucking say, yeah, go ahead, bring it in, you know? And I'll tell you something. I know a lot of you motherfuckers out there are really skilled at shit. And I, I think if they brought you some shit like that, You'd be upset that your owner said, yeah, bring it in. But then you know what? You'd fucking get it running. You'd, you'd fix it. It's what you do, right? It's what you do. And they know that. And they can make a lot of money off of that. So, you know, if you can't really, in some cases, really, if you're running an independent, you can't, beggars can't be choosers, bitch. You got to fix what's fucking broken, no matter what it is. Somebody brings you a fucking toaster or a curreg or a, a fucking washing machine. You're going to fix the fucking thing if you can and charge them. And take that money home with you, buy food and shit like that. Okay, so that's how it works. Okay, and and you may not have specific knowledge of anything, but if you have mechanical knowledge, some mechanical aptitude, fuck, you could probably fix anything within reason. I mean, you can't fix a nuclear reactor. Probably sometimes when those things fuck up, they just got to be left alone for a thousand years or more, even. So there's that. Okay. Uh, next up on the list is no time, no estimate of time for repair. Well. Uh, that's one of my pet peeves is that, uh, and, and I always chastise my service advisors for doing this to me. And uh, it make, it makes me very angry when they tell the customer when it'll be done, like they're the ones who are going to fucking fix it. And what's even worse than that is sometimes the customers try to tell the service advisor when they want it done, which is no fucking bueno whatsoever, because they're not fucking working on the fucking thing. And I'll tell you what, if you, you know, if I've got a stack, which I do, I have a stack of ROs. I have probably 10 of them and I got three hours today, because all I did was diagnose shit. I did, nothing got sold. Nothing got fixed today. Everything was diagnosis. And so I'll diagnose, you know, three, four, five cars, even up to six and eight cars a day. And then they sell the shit the next day. And then the customer wants it that fucking day. It's like, I'm sorry, but you're out of luck. Here's Johnny to tell you what you've won. You've won the home version of our game, because if you want your car fixed. Today, you're going to have to fix it yourself. I've got 18 other cars i got to fucking fix. And uh, you have been officially back fucking burned. Back-burner. Not going to be able to touch it today. Uh, and as a service advisor, your service advisor should set you up for that. Because we all know, and I, I go on and on and on about this, and I apologize. But if a service advisor says to somebody, said, Oh, yeah, we, we've got the parts in for your car, but we're not going to be able to get it repaired until Friday. Maybe it's Tuesday. And they'll be like, Friday? Why? Jeez, uh, we have you won't believe the volume of work we have here. And then maybe you get the car down on a Thursday, you call him up early on Thursday and he says, "Oh, hey, your car's all done. We uh we we got ahead of the we got ahead of uh, of everything we were doing and we got you fixed up as quickly as we possibly could. We knew you needed the car cuz everybody needs their fucking car, okay? That's not really an unknown thing. But uh, everybody wants it done immediately. And it doesn't even matter what it is. They just want it done immediately. I had one I had one today. Uh, and this, this kills me and it kills me every time. And it, and I can't get used to this, but I'll get a car and it'll come in and it has a little red envelope and it's a waiter and the customer's there and they're sitting in the lounge eating fucking Lorna dunes and shit. And they want their fucking shit fixed in like an hour, hour and a half. And they've got a fucking gross list of shit. And I've got to wait for parts to come from Europe for this, to fix it. So. Uh, Unless they brought a sleeping bag and a fucking change of clothes and maybe a lunch or two, they're not going to be able to wait for it. They're not going to be able to fucking wait. And I don't know why I have to be the one that fucking tells them that anybody with a modicum of fucking sense should be able to say, oh, you want this, this and this fixed? Well, okay. well, we have to pull the high voltage battery out to fix that. And we have to get a part from, you know, across town for that. And we have to have another part flown in from Europe for that. And so if you want to wait for it, you're going to be here a long fucking time. So stop fucking doing that. Stop having unrealistic expectations. And as a service advisor, I've talked about it a million fucking times. They need to lower the customer's expectations so that that shit doesn't fucking happen. I tell you, there should be at every shop, and I don't care where you work. I don't care where in the country you work, where on the planet you work. There should be rules for waiters. No more than three fucking lines. No waiters after three o'clock in the afternoon. And no fucking heavy diag you cannot wait for heavy diag and you just can't do it there's too much involved with it you know i might have to fucking go in and scope a can bus to see if it's working or not that's not something that i can typically do really really quick sometimes i can but sometimes i cannot and if i'm looking for a problem that's intermittent you better not be fucking waiting because intermittent problems are the fucking worst because I have to duplicate the concern. And if I can't, then guess what? It's not fucking broken. How can I fix something that's not broken? Figure it out. Leave the fucking thing with me. Tell me when it happens and what I gotta do to make it happen. And then I'll get back to you. But don't hold your motherfucking breath. No estimate for time of repair. Yeah, you know, if I if I get if I have the parts and if I have the time and I'm not working on a thousand other cars this same day, I could probably say, yeah, end of day end of day tomorrow, end of day, the day after that. They always say, oh, I want it today. I go, well, when I get done with it and you come to pick it up, that day will be today. But that day is not this day today. You understand me? All right, next up, time for repair seems unnecessarily long. Well, it depends on what the fuck we're gonna do. Sometimes it takes a long fucking time to do it. I got one, here's here's an example for you. I got a car right now and it when you start it up in the morning, it blows a shit of smoke out the tailpipe rest of the day it's fine you could start it up and shut it off a thousand motherfucking times it's going to be fine but you leave it overnight and it fucking fills up the turbo with oil and you start it up and next thing you know you don't have any mosquitoes for a couple of miles it's bad yeah i understand that but uh the the fix for it is a updated version of an oil line going to the turbo okay That's great, except for the turbo has to come all the fuck the way out of the car to put the line on it. Okay, some of you are thinking, well, what the fuck's so hard about taking the turbo off? Yeah, well, this one is fucking wedged down on the fucking passenger side of the car above the motor mount and underneath the exhaust manifold and oh by the way it's part of the exhaust manifold hello so you got to pull that whole fucking thing off and you only got about three inches of fucking room and uh i gotta tell you i'm looking at my hand right now and it's a lot fucking bigger than three inches so it's kind of a tight fucking space and i gotta remove literally almost every other fucking component in the engine compartment to get at the fucking thing just to get a tool on some of the fasteners oh it's ridiculous and so that job pays wait for it it pays 11 hours just so the fucking thing won't smoke i'm thinking to myself personally i said for for how much money it's going to cost to fix it i'll deal with the fucking smoke because it goes away it goes away but uh, but hey you know what this particular customer is like oh you know, it's going to cost, you know, it's probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of fucking $3,000. I'd be like, Jesus Christ, I can think of a lot of things I could do with $3,000 that would be, oh, by the way, a hell of a lot more fun than just making my car not smoke in the morning. Like, Jesus Christ, trade a fucking thing in or something. I'm not going to spend $3,000 so I don't have to look at smoke for fucking 15 seconds in the morning. It just seems ridiculous to me. And on top of that, the, the service advisor wants me to have it done tomorrow and I started it tonight. So and I gotta do an eleven hour job and I'm I'm only about a quarter of the way into it and I got to do that. I have to do that tomorrow. <laughs> so probably what I ought to do is get to bed early tonight. That's too late for that shit. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, sometimes repairs do take a long time. And how the fuck would you know anyway, if you're a customer or just some jackass, how would you know how long it's supposed to take to fix it? unless you've done it before. And if you've done it before, do it yourself. And don't give me a fucking hard time about how long it takes me to do it. You see what I'm talking about here? I call it the go fuck yourself plan. You can do it yourself and you, and you can do it faster than I can. Well, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, the shop is very new or has very little history in the area. Well, you know what? Every shop everywhere in the world was new once. And so people started coming there to get their shit fixed. What are you supposed to do if you're new? Are you supposed to have your friends leave you reviews saying you're the best shop in the world, even though you just opened the door 15 minutes ago for the very first time? What are you supposed to do, lie? That's not a good thing to do. I mean, you could certainly do that. Some places have what they call a cold opening where they'll have some friends over and, you know, like if you if you have like a restaurant or something, you have some friends over and you fucking you, you dazzle them with your service and your help and your, and your recipes and your cooking and your chef and all that shit, and they leave you great reviews. And some people go, oh, they're not even open yet. Well, it's called a cold open, asshole. I had some friends over, which y- you are not one of, and, uh, they enjoyed it a lot. And then, then they wanted to let everybody know that they think it's going to be a really big success and that you should get your fucking ass down there when they do finally decide to open the fucking doors. Okay. Everybody was new once you're going to have to deal with it. One of the things that we ran into is, uh, the, the place I'm working is a dealership and it was new and it had only been open for a month when I got there. And initially this was crazy, uh, what we had was all the rejects from the dealers in the in the immediate area that had thrown these customers out. They decided they were going to come to our place and let us throw them out. So for the first couple, two, three months we were there, yeah, we got a lot of beggars, a lot of assholes, a lot of jerk offs, a lot of fucking cheap fuckers. And a lot of people who wanted to complain and wanted to try to take advantage of us and they wanted shit for free, and it really was for the first couple, two, three months. It was it was fucking hell on, it was hell on earth, man. These fucking cocksuckers were coming in from all over the place that had been thrown out of all these other dealers and they wanted to try their luck with us to see if they could get something for free you know oh i went to this place and they fucked my car up and i want to come here and have you people unfuck it up and they go yeah well we're gonna charge you well no i shouldn't have to pay i paid at the other place you don't seem to understand how free enterprise works you fucking moron get the fuck get you and your fucking busted ass whoop whip the fuck out of here okay All right. Yeah. You're going to have some places are going to be new and have very little history. And you know what? You might want to give them a chance because they might offer you the most fabulous service because they're brand new and they would certainly like a good review. And they would certainly like to start building a relationship with you. If indeed they run a good, honest shop that's above board and they have good people working for them. And I would like to think that all shops are like that. I know that they're not. It's unfortunate that I have to even admit that, but uh, I would think that most shops anyway are trying to do the right thing and and be good, be good at what they do and charge a fair price. Uh, The next one is the mechanic tries to suggest A myriad of other services for you at the time of your repair well now i do that okay no i I really do i do that and and you could call me an idiot if you want it doesn't it actually is a shoe that fits pretty well but the people that i'm dealing with they've never heard of the term preventive maintenance they've never heard of it i have a car right now uh in in actually it's out behind the building and it doesn't run worth the fuck and we have and i figured out why and it's ridiculous. Okay, sometimes you go, oh well, maybe maybe they got a bad coil, or maybe you know the fuel pump's bad, or something. No, this car runs like dog shit because the the person who owns it has no idea what the fucking words preventive maintenance mean. It's a 2017, and it has 98,000 miles on it, and it has the original engine air filter in it, and there's so much fucking dirt in it. It's unbelievable. Well, oh, the car surges. It can't be from the air filter. Um, let, me, let me just say this to you loud and clear. Yes, it fucking can. I also took a look at the plugs. The plugs had never, ever, ever been changed. The car has a turbocharger on it. And so the plugs are wasted. So they need spark plugs and they need an air filter. And I told the service advisor to ask him what kind of fuel they use without trying to sound like he's trying to, you know, get in their shit. And they said, oh, yeah, I just throw 87 in it. I go, well, you know what? It says right in the gas store you need at least 91 octane. And so the problem that you're experiencing is because you're a cheap fuck. You won't buy good gas, and you won't do the preventative maintenance. And they argued with him. That's what he said anyway. He said they argued. He didn't argue with me. I could take the fucking filter out and smack him over the head with it, and his head will be covered with fucking sand because it was so packed with dirt. It's ridiculous. Oh, but yet I'm just trying to rip them off. Yeah, I'm going to make thousands of fucking dollars changing the spark plugs and the air filter in your car. You fucking jackass. What the fuck? A hundred thousand, almost a hundred thousand miles and you haven't done, you know, any of the shit you're supposed to do to keep your fucking shit running right. And then you bring it to me and eh, eh, it surges and it doesn't run right. Eh. No shit, asshole. You know, if you're looking for the root cause of the fucking problem, it's a fucking shit link between the steering wheel and the driver's seat. You fucking retard. God, I'm sorry. It gets me. I apologize. Listen, I I do. I want to apologize because it gets me worked up when people create problems and don't see themselves creating a problem and then complain about it. And then when I point it out to them that they're the fucking problem, they go, oh, that can't be it. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then fucking, then beat, get the fuck out of here. Really? Seriously. It's ridiculous. I I, I have this, you know, where I'm living folks, it's in the middle of Texas and Texas has been dry. so it rained the other day and it hadn't rained for like three months. So let me tell you something about Texas. It's a dry fucking place right now. So there's a lot of dirt in the air. There's a lot of sand, a lot of dust everywhere, everywhere. And your car is out there like a big goddamn fucking shop vac sucking it up do you clean a filter in your shop vac well you probably don't clean that filter either but if you want it to work right you will same with your car you want it to work right you'll fucking change the air filter yeah it might be a couple extra bucks more than you might want to spend for an air filter but your car would thank you if it could instead of fucking surging and sputtering you fucking dick all right here's next up the mechanics suggest fixes which don't add up. Well, okay, sure. I can understand that. You know, I mean, you, you come in and, and you say, oh, I have a coolant leak. And they go, oh, you need a battery. i like, what? I need a fucking battery. I came in for a coolant leak. Well, yeah, we you know, we're going to give you an estimate for, you know, changing a heater hose or a radiator hose or maybe a radiator or a coolant a water pump, a coolant pump or whatever. But your fucking battery is shot, asshole. Yeah, maybe that wouldn't add up to fucking Joe Blow, average asshole. But you know what? If your battery is fucking shot, and we have cars, I think a lot of companies do, but, and we're getting away from it again, but we had cars that had electric water pumps. And if your battery's bad and the water pump can't run, at the speed it's supposed to because your battery's bad and your alternator's kicking his ass kicking his own ass trying to fucking make up for all the power that you need in the car and it can't do it because the battery's sucking it all off because the battery's bad and so the water pump suffers it doesn't work the way it's supposed to and maybe it starts to overheat a little bit and it throws some coolant out of the coolant bottle you see where i'm going with this makes it all makes sense to you because you're a mechanic but it doesn't make sense to some fucking pinhead who fucking rolls in with an attitude thinking that we're trying to fuck him in the ass when we suggest a battery might fix his coolant leak which is a little far-fetched still but it happens you know You sometimes you have shit that fucks up and it fucks up other shit and sometimes some people can't understand how that happened when if you're a mechanic and you understand mechanical things well you certainly can understand it it's not that hard to understand that doesn't make a mechanic an idiot it makes a customer an idiot maybe that should have been the name of this fucking article here here's the next one the shop tells you you need to fix more things than you came in for without a thorough explanation well okay you should always have a thorough explanation and as a matter of fact i can and have talked to customers about what their car needs and uh, i'll I'll be honest with you folks uh here's one of the things that goes on uh we might have a service advisor who doesn't have a lot of confidence he doesn't have a, a, a very good presence in the uh, in the service area, he doesn't isn't someone who comes along comes across as confident in what he's doing and as confident in what his technicians are trying to tell him and what he's trying to tell you. I get that. There's, that's not. There's no problem with that. Okay. Some of the guys we have are new they're trying to figure it out when they talk to customers customers will weave some sort of fucking dire tale of what happened and they're like oh you know it's like listen you got to rise above that shit and just go whatever bitch i don't give a fuck what happened we're here to fix it and make it better so uh if they say to me oh can you talk to this customer i go yeah sure i'll go talk to them because they're not going to put one over on me i i can see right through their horse shit and i'm going to explain to them why they may either be right or wrong about what they're thinking, okay? About what they're thinking. So if you need an explanation for something that I tried to sell you, and you're gonna give the service advisor shit, and he's gonna come and get me I I can tell you, I can guarantee you 100% that I will be able to explain to you not only why you should buy one, but why you should why you should buy what I'm trying to sell you, why you should approve the repair I'm suggesting that I'm recommending, but why you're a fucking asshole for not doing it sooner, not doing it sooner. I will say, you know, your brakes are bad and they've been bad for a while and you could have killed somebody on your way here. Now, if you're going to leave here with these brakes all fucked up like this, I'm going to have to call the police, have them pull you over and have your car impounded because you are a dangerous. This car is dangerous. And unfortunately, in these situations, it never kills the person who's neglecting the car. It always kills some person who is just minding their own fucking business. I used to like to use the uh, use the example that you hit a school bus full of cheerleaders and I can't have that shit. You know, I can't have you. Commit an accident an accidental homicide because you're too stupid to buy pads and rotors when yours are metal to metal. You go to stomp on the brakes and you slam into a bus full of cheerleaders and you know the rest. You know the rest of the story. They're all dead and you're being held up on charges of uh vehicular manslaughter and accidental homicide, whatever that whatever it all adds up to. And all because you wanted to save a few dollars and try to do your brakes yourself because the red shirted jerk off at AutoZone said you could when you really fucking can't now you can't at all because they won't allow you to do your own brakes when you're in fucking jail listen uh if you need a thorough explanation for something that i have suggested that you need for your car i will be glad to give you one and really honestly that's not bad advice if, if a tra- shop tries to sell you something and they can't articulate to you why you need it then get the fuck out of there there's other shops you can go somewhere else they might be the cheapest they might be trying to do you a favor and you just can't understand what they're saying, which has happened. That happens. But in a plain in a plain language situation where I need to explain something to somebody, I can certainly get the job done if the service advisor can't. Most of our service advisors are very good at you know, they're not they're not complete idiots. They know how a car works, they know what goes wrong with them, and they know what They need to do what they need to say to sell you certain things to to, to let you know, hey, you need this. And then they wait. They wait for you to say, I don't want it or I want it. So always get an explanation. Wait for a good thorough explanation for what you need. Don't just buy shit all willy-nilly because it seems like a good idea. Uh, The next one is exactly the same thing. Lack of sufficient explanations. I'm not going to touch on that one. We We just did that one. The next one after that is the mechanic gives you a line like, Good thing you brought this in. The car probably would not have lasted another 50 miles. Well, I think if you've been in the business for anywhere from 5 to 10 to 20 years, you probably remember at one point in time telling a customer something like that because, wait for it, it was probably fucking true. I've had people bring me shit, and I don't know how the fuck it made it to the dealership, how it made it to the shop. I have no idea how it made it there. I have no idea how it made it there. I have fixed problems on cars that people drove in and I can't believe they drove them in. Should have been towed in. So, you know, if I want to say to you, uh, well, you know, you probably should have had the car towed in. I'm not going to say something like, wow, you, it's a good thing you brought it in because it wouldn't have lasted another 50 miles. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I have no idea what's going to happen in 50 miles. You might not drive 50 miles a year. Well, I can't tell you what's going to happen next year. Can't fucking even tell you what happens, what's going to happen tomorrow. What well, that? But I can tell you that, you know, your car's in, in a dire situation where it would not be safe to drive it with bald-ass tires, with metal-to-metal brakes, with a broken windshield, with a water pump that's leaking, and a car that has no cooling in it whatsoever. You're not going to get where you're going. Not safely i wouldn't say that you can't go another 50 miles for it we've all seen them all you guys have seen them all you people out there with the wrenches and the screwdrivers, you've seen them cars should not fucking be on the road and yet these same fucking cars you you go you you know you're going home later and you see the fucking car on the road next to you You see it in a lane next to you like fuck it's happened to all of us i think i know it's happened to me a couple times i've I've said, you know, you need tires, you need brakes, you need this, you need that. Your car's in really tough shape. They take off. They say, fuck you. I'm not going to buy anything because some people are assholes like that. And then I go down the road and I see it. It's in the lane next to me or it's trying to turn on to the road. I'm, I'm on or whatever the, I just get the, I just try to get the fuck away from them. One of the things that I enjoy, and I think, I think a lot of you guys know this pretty, pretty well. um, Sometimes I'll get a car in, it's got crap tires on it, just crap. Uh, I had one the other day. Actually, this doesn't happen to me too often because I work for a luxury brand, but I got a car in, I think it was yesterday. It might've been today even, uh, had four completely different kinds of tires on all four corners. Each and every one of them was different from the other different brands, different speed ratings. Some were extra load, some were mud and snow, some were all season. It was just fucked up. And I'm thinking to myself, this car has got to drive like a sit and spin. I mean, it can't possibly handle well. With all because, because each tire has different characteristics. It has different, you know, tread uh, density and all just all kinds of things that are different about each tire. And uh, I quoted them four tires. I said you're going to need. I said, and and this is the thing when you when you put tires on a car that has you know four shit tires on it, that car is going to run and drive so much better. They're going to be like, holy shit! I really needed tires. It happens to us all the time. One of the things I like to do also is uh, I'll uh, fill up, I'll put air in tires. And you, you might think, well, okay, Uncle Jim, you get your fucking jollies off of putting air in tires. I go, well, yeah, God damn it. I do, okay? But <laughs> a lot of times the air pressure is so fucking low that when I put air in the tires, I think to myself, well, this son bitch is going to notice that his car rides better because I put air in the tire. And then he's going to be like, whoa, maybe that is a great place to take my car hopefully that's what they think all right uh moving on here this is the next one here it says the mechanics suggest one fix first then when that doesn't work claims they know what has to be wrong this time well eh, i do this myself sometimes but i typically do it because i'm trying to save the customer money i'm not and and you know what uh lately it's been getting to the point where i just say fuck it i'm going to replace it all in the past i would go out of my way to measure rotors and if there were enough material there to cut them i would cut them and then replace the pads it wasn't worth it it paid exactly the same to cut them as it does to just fucking change them and then i started thinking about it a little bit more and i'm like well you know if you put new brake rotors on the car with new brake pads then their brakes are new all new you're not turning some janky rotor and making it thinner so that the brake pedal has more travel to it you're not doing that now is that wrong i don't know uh there's a lot of different ways to look at it does the customer need rotors well the customer should have rotors can they be turned they could be but guess what we're going to make this brake system all brand new it's kind of a, a a stick for me it's a sticky issue uh i'll make a judgment call Sometimes a rotor looks perfect. The pads are just worn and worn to a spot where they need to be replaced, but the rotor still looks great. Sometimes I do pad slaps. I don't really like to even admit that, but, you know, it happens. And then there are times when I will actually turn a rotor. You know, it just needs a little cut to make it straight again, maybe to take a lip off, maybe to get some some gouges out or something, some light gouging and, and give a good clean surface for a new set of pads. But most of the time lately, man, I'm just going to be fucking shooting new rotors on it. Because it makes the brake system all brand new. Now, uh, that scenario doesn't work with what I said here. Mechanics suggest one fix first. Then when that doesn't work, claims they know what has to be wrong with it. I don't claim to know what's wrong with it. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll be like, just as an example, this car that they had the, the bad spark plugs and the plugged up engine air filter and the shitty gas. I put it to them like this. I said, I'm, I'm going to have to fix these things first. And then if that doesn't straighten out the way it runs, which it will, then there may be more. There may be more, a little bit more diagnosis and there may be a further repair I have to do. But for right now, I have to straighten those fucking things out first. I have to do this before I can actually uh, find out if it's something else, because that's the worst thing. That is honestly the worst fucking thing that happens to us. And it happens to us all the time is you go in and you diagnose a car and you find one fucking problem and you fix that. But then there's another problem. If there's more than one problem, first off, it's it's tough because when you find the cause for the concern usually you fucking stop looking for the cause right sometimes if you're smart enough or if you're you're doing your absolute complete due diligence which quite frankly a lot of us don't do once we get to a cause for concern boom that's it and that we want that to fix it and probably 90 percent of the time it does But sometimes there's two problems, and sometimes there's even more than two problems. There's two, three, and four problems, and five five different problems. You have to fix all five of them, and then it's fixed, and then it starts running right, or then it starts working right. There's sometimes there's more than one or two things that you have to fix. What do you want to do? I've told customers, I said, listen. First off, I got to replace the air filter, the spark plugs, and then if there's anything else, I've got you know there may be more diagnosis work to do if you continue to have a problem but most likely this is what you need to do and it's also by the way preventative maintenance so it's something you should have done a long time ago anyway all right if it still runs like shit after we do that then we'll cross that fucking bridge when we get to it okay i'm not going to tell them that i have to replace something so i can figure out what else is wrong i have actually done that but i don't tell the customer i did that let's say i replaced the alternator Okay, the alternator came up bad. It wasn't charging the battery. It wasn't running the car. The alternator was bad. I get the alternator out, and I find that the battery cable going to it was a little fucked up. So I fixed that, put a new alternator in it. Guess what? Bing, bang, boom, it's fixed. And in the customer's mind, it was the alternator that fixed it, when in reality, it was a bad battery cable. Am I going to not sell the alternator? Well, I could certainly do that. Maybe that makes me a shifty operator. I don't know. You can certainly uh, make up your own mind on that. I know we've done that. We've all done that. We we replace a part and we find that that didn't fix it. And then we find what the real problem is. And if, if it's simple enough to fix it, we just fix it. And we don't say anything to anybody about it. And the car's fixed. And they assume it's the part we replaced when maybe it was a, a chafed wire or something wasn't plugged in all the way or a fuse was blown. That's happened a million fucking times. And don't even argue with me about that because I know that it's true. I've seen it happen to the best of them and I've seen it happen to the worst of them. They always forget to check the fuse, you know? Check the fuses, motherfucker. Uh, here we go with the next one here moving on. We're getting close to being done here. I'm sorry, I've gone on all night long, it seems like. Uh, the mechanics suggest one, okay, no. Insisting they are the best in town without awards or recognition from the community to back it up. Well, I don't know any community... Uh, uh, I don't know any community out there in the world. Maybe there's some where uh, this is happening, but most communities don't give auto repair shops any kind of awards or recognition, unless of course they make a huge donation to the town or to the Lions Club or to the Rotary Club or maybe to the Grand Poobahs or maybe they sponsor the carnival. Um, They're not going to get awards, for being a good auto repair shop. Nobody gives a fuck. And this this kills me. Nobody gives a fuck that you fixed their car right. No, I mean, really. I mean, I have the hardest time. I talked about this not too long ago. I have the hardest time getting feedback from people. It's impossible. You fix their car, they pay the bill, they drive away. They don't think about it for even another 10 fucking seconds. They don't go, wow, they really took care of me there. I mean, maybe, maybe they do. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it at all. So if somebody in town goes to a shop and they change his oil and they don't fuck it up, is he going to go back? And, you know, maybe he's a court stenographer or maybe he's a fucking DMV clerk. He's not going to tell the town that they need to give this place an award because they did his oil change without fucking stripping his drain plug out. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are some places where they have, it says here, like a chamber of commerce, or even like a local newspaper, where they have a best of, you know, kind of a thing. And maybe they have a small reward, a small award or recognition. Okay. And you could certainly look for that, but I don't think that that's a benchmark because the people who are giving you an award for having an outstanding business probably aren't auto mechanics and don't know if you actually do do a good job you might have you know told them they needed an alternator and then when you put it in it still didn't fix it and all you had to do is fix a wire and you're still a hero because you didn't tell them anything about the wire uh (laughs) sorry next up the shop installs a new part it fixes the problem but then fails soon after uh yeah don't have a big problem with that uh unless of course you're using used parts and uh used parts are uh a mixed bag of nuts, folks. You can certainly use them if you want. Being at a new car dealer, we do not, absolutely do not use used parts to fix our cars. We use all brand new OEM parts. There is a very, very, very rare occasion where we will use a part that came from an aftermarket uh, part store because there is nothing available from our uh, our current parts uh, parts supplier. I have put parts in cars that were defective, it has happened. Is it my fault? Does it make me an idiot? Uh, I would like to think it doesn't. If you want to think of me as an idiot because I put a part in and it doesn't work or it fails soon after, and it's not because of my installation. I mean, if, you know, certainly if I installed it wrong, then, oh, by the way, yes, I am an idiot. But uh, that doesn't happen very often. I'm pretty, you know, I try to do the job. I'm I'm pretty conscientious about what I do. So if you install a new part and it's defective, should, does that make you an idiot no does that make your shop suck no does that should that make the customer angry with you well it certainly could if they felt like it was your fault but if you explain them say, oh, just, i got a shit part you want to get mad at me knock yourself out but it's not my fucking fault so you know might want to fucking ease up a little bit before i have to fucking throw you out the fucking door with your fucking broken ass fucking whoopty asshole. Coming to the end, I got two two left here. The mechanic won't wait on you to call around to other shops or take the car other places to get estimates. That mechanic won't wait on you to call around to other shops or take the car other places to get estimates. Well, if I give you an estimate on a car, and it depends on what is wrong with it, one of two things is going to happen. And I get done doing the diagnosis, and I've come up with an estimate for things that you need for your car, some of which may be maintenance items, which you haven't fucking ever done. Some of them may be, honest to God, parts needed to repair a concern. I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to either take that car outside into my parking lot out back and put it with all the other busted ass fucking cars out back, or I'm going to take it to the wash department because if I take it to the wash department, they will put it up front where the done vehicles are and they will put their keys in the done key box And then, if you don't want your shit worked on by us and you want to take it somewhere else to get an estimate, you can just fucking have the fucking thing without pissing me off, without, you know, winding me up or getting me mad. You just take the fucking thing. I don't, I don't give a fuck. If you, I'm not going to wait around for you to do that. I don't have enough room in the shop to throw cars on my lift and then leave them there until you call and say, okay, I'll pay for everything you need to fix it. I'm not going to do that. And I'm certainly not going to make you wait. That's kind of a silly one there. I don't think that that's something that anybody does. If somebody wants to get a second opinion, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Go. We uh, At our place, we match prices on tires. So nobody's going to kill us there. And if you think that you're going to get a quality repair from an aftermarket shop, like the shop I'm in, you're fucking wrong. There are a couple of shops around this area that I'm in anyway, that do, a, a. what I've heard anyway, is that they have a good reputation. They do a good job. But most of the shops around us, most of the aftermarket shops are a bunch of hacks and jackoffs, and they're going to fuck your shit up. And if you want to go there and save some money, knock yourself right out. Okay, if you can't see the value of uh, and in my case, uh, a 20 year guy who's been doing a job for 20 years is a fully trained. And oh, by the way, I've reached a new status, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, a fully trained master elite technician. That's right. Master elite. So fuck off, everybody. (laughs) I'm master elite, bitch. (laughs) I'm Rick James, bitch. Hold my screwdriver. Uh, seriously, uh, if you can't see the value of coming to a shop like mine and dealing with technicians like myself, who know pretty much, pretty much exactly what they're doing and, and do the best job possible at all times fine, go somewhere else. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold your car. I'm not going to hide the keys. I'm not going to park it somewhere where you can't find it. I'm not going to do any of that shit. Okay. And if you at your shop do that, then you better, you should probably fucking stop doing that. That's a good way to lose customers. Have people run your reputation down and just generally fuck you over. Okay. Uh, the last one on the list here, and then I apologize for going long. I will get off and, uh, Eric can hopefully edit out a lot of the fucking garbage (laughs) maybe he just edits the whole thing he says oh there's not going to be one this week because it was all garbage the last one here is the mechanic cannot understand your explanation of the problem and ask you multiple times to repeat or rephrase now that does not make the mechanic an idiot that does not make the mechanic an idiot that can make the customer an idiot uh folks i've told you before i'm going to tell you one more time here uh, your customers don't know anything about cars. Some of them think they know things about cars, but really, in all honesty, they don't know jack shit. And jack shit, if he was here, he'd say, I don't know them either. Honestly, uh, you've heard it. I, we've all heard it. People come in and they make all kinds of weird noises. Go, oh, my car goes chapooka-da, or my car goes wah, 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 wah. You know, we we get it all. We get all of that. You all get that. I get it. You get it. Everybody gets it. My car goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You get it. We all, it happens to all of us. It happens to service advisors. It happens to service managers. It happens to technicians. We get that all the fucking time and a lot of times if somebody goes uh you know the car goes whoa whoa, 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 well you have to ask them where does it come from you know i mean does it sound like it's coming from the wheels is it sound like it's coming from the front the back the left the right the top the bottom where the fucks it coming from you got to help me out here okay doing a rich little thing on me is really not going to help you get the problem solved it's not going to help me solve the problem you could sit there and make noises all day long like a fucking defective r2 unit and i'm not going to understand what the fuck you're talking about and i'm going to probably have to ask you again and again and again. doesn't make me an idiot. I'm trying to understand you, and I can't. Excuse me if I don't speak Spanish or read ancient hieroglyphics or I'm able to understand Braille or American Sign Language or whatever the fuck you're using to communicate with. Not my fault. I'm an English-speaking gentleman. If you want me to understand what you're saying, what you're trying to get across to me, use English words. Put them together in a sentence speak it, have a pause where a period might go, start up again, use verbs and nouns and adjectives and adverbs, describe your problem in detail, and I'm pretty sure I'll get it. But if you're gonna use noises or you're gonna say nonsense fucking things, I'm not gonna get it. You say shit that makes no fucking sense, I'm sorry, I can't help you make sense out of your life which appears to be complete fucking nonsense already can't help you with that okay i might be able to take a ride with you in a car and hear that wo 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 noise and go oh, yeah you just need a wheel bearing but i certainly would not describe a wheel bearing as a wo 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 noise it sounds it sounds ridiculous and i apologize uh but you get it. We've all we've all had this happen to us, and and there's been times too. I've had these times with uh, Eric, the producer, where the car is making a noise, and they claim they don't fucking hear it. And I'm like, it's so fucking loud. I got blood running out of my ears. You don't hear that fucking noise, Jesus Christ! And I'm pretty much basically hearing impaired. I'm practically deaf. And uh, if I hear it, it's fucking got to be loud. It's got to be fucking loud. So what happens to you when you get old and more hair grows out of your ear than grows out of the top of your head? You know, I'm just glad that the hair that grows out of my ears isn't short and curly like pubic hairs. I'd be a little embarrassed about that. But seriously, if you can't articulate what's going on, that doesn't make you as a mechanic or a technician, it doesn't make you an idiot. Okay. So this list is pretty much bullshit. Uh, 20 things that, and here's what it says. 20 signs. Your mechanic is an idiot. No, 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 no 20 signs that the guy who wrote this article is a fucking retard. Uh, seriously, uh, none of this stuff really makes you an idiot. If you're out there trying to do the job and people make it hard on you and they do things that make it hard for you to earn a living and to fix the cars, it's certainly not your fault. If you're out there giving them an honest day's work for an honest day's wages and probably not enough of an honest day's wage and probably every once in a while something goes wrong and they jack you up, it's like it's not your fault. And I want to say one last thing before I end this particular podcast here. All right, folks, the uh, technician shortage, is it's growing. It's growing. It's getting bigger every day. Uh, new people are coming into the business uh, and then they're leaving again. And the old people are leaving too. And there are more jobs available for competent mechanics, competent technicians than you can shake a stick at. There's probably, I, I, I've I been looking at want ads with great intensity lately. Uh, not that I want to move uh, from where I'm at, but I'm just trying to gauge what's going on with the shortage. And it would appear that for every technician out there, there are 10 jobs. There's 10 And there may be even more uh, because my search is somewhat limited. I'm not obviously searching every single car dealer and every single repair shop in the United States. And I'm not, you know, counting them all up and counting all the jobs they have available and then dividing it by how many technicians there are out there and how many technicians there will be out there. It's just too much data that I don't have. But I will tell you this that there is an excruciating apocalyptic shortage of technicians. And what that means is that you, my friend, as a technician, have the power. You have the power. You can do what you want to do with your career. It is up to you. And if you find that somebody is not treating you right, not paying you enough, not giving you the opportunity to make the kind of pay that you need or you want, then by all means, grease the fucking wheels you will probably find a better opportunity and for for fuck's sake, don't ever take a job that pays you less than what you're already making. It takes so fucking long to get back to where you were. I have found that to be true as well. It takes a long time to get back to where you were and, and then start getting ahead. So don't You know, if they tell you, oh, you know, if you were making, let's say you were making $35 an hour at a, at a shop and you talk to some guy and he wants to hire you because he needs help and he he only pays $29 an hour, just tell him flat out, sorry, $29 an hour isn't going to do it. Thank you for your time and start to leave. Okay. It's the most passive aggressive thing in the world. I understand that if you tell him that $29 an hour is not going to do it, you go to get up and leave. And this guy needs technicians. And trust me when I tell you they all need technicians. He will say to you before you reach the doorknob, what do you got to have? I said, I got to have at least 35. That was what I was making in my last place. And it should not, believe me, it should not make you sound like an asshole. It should not make you sound like you're dictating to him how much to pay you. You just tell him, I was making $35 an hour. I would just like to have a lateral move and make $35 an hour here and then raises maybe once a year. Commensurate with talent and experience and skill. And and how much money we we make as a shop, as a team, as a management technician team. Holy shit, what a concept, right? Don't take less money. It takes too it's too hard to get back to where you were. Fuck. And the shortage is real. All right. All right. That's enough for your uncle Jimmy. He has uh destroyed your eardrums long enough. He's gonna sign off by saying, see ya.